Um, his nickname when he was a kid was Booger Red. Booger? Booger Red. All right. And because at five years old, he got up in front of the town and he had to read a poem. Yeah. He was so nervous, he picked his nose while he did it so much that his nose bled. So they called him <laughs> Booger Red, which is a great nickname. Inspired by the adventures of our nurses, therapists, and techs, A Beer with Atlas is the only healthcare traveling, craft beer drinking podcast. Each week, we'll open a few beers, talk about the brewery and the style of beer, and then dive into some research curated specifically for each episode. In the end, we hope each one sounds like a conversation you'd have with your friends while enjoying a few cold ones. Welcome to another episode of A Beer with Atlas. I'm Rich. I'm Brian. And on the controls, just like every week, Mr. Dolan. I'm here. Hey, Dolan. Turning hey. the knobs and turning me down because I talk yeah. too loud. Yep. I see him every time, especially when we're recording like all access. Uh-huh. I can see it out of the corner of my eye when I start talking. Like he instantly reaches up and turns me down. I'm surprised he doesn't just just like he start did right with there. <laughs> start with it down. I mean, you'd think after a while. But you <laughs> never know. It's a, it's a guessing game every time. You never know how excited Rich is going to be about something. So. I know where um, it, it's kind of like, uh, you know, for you music geeks out there, like the the amps and the numbers for mm-hmm. your volume, the sure. one, th- 1 through 10 or whatever, mm-hmm. yeah. um, that's exactly what I have for each one of our microphones is a knob 1 through 10. And uh, I can I can tell that it's it's between 8 and 6. So, But sometimes 7 is too high, sometimes it's yeah. too low. Mm. So you just, I don't know, it's a guessing mm. game every time. This amp here... It- as it goes to eleven, goes to eleven. That yours does, yeah. yeah. Why? Why does it? Why does it go to eleven? It goes to eleven. That's right. Okay, so one of the last winter beers that we'll do. We are on the verge of spring here. It doesn't feel like it necessarily in some parts of the country. Yeah, especially here, maybe. But right, uh, one of the last winter beers that we'll do is brought to us courtesy of Heather Kylan, recruiter extraordinaire in uh, in Texas. That Texas beer pipeline, oh, man. man, she's treated us pretty good over the course she of the show really has she also kind of teased us a few times because she sent us some beers that we would like to have again uh-huh i remember and we were like plotting a trip to get down there and make dolan drive <laughs> well i wonder if we're gonna have the same feeling after this one too because yeah. we both looked at the website yeah uh, this is blue owl brewing out of austin texas mm-hmm. and this might be the first all sour brewery that we've ever done i think it is i think yeah mm. If I think if I think back, like the times we've done sours, it's been just one of their beers. It has we've drank some sour beers mm-hmm. off mic that were from all sour breweries. True, I don't think we've ever done one on here before. So this one, we're, we we may be a month late on this. This is probably their Christmas beer. I'm guessing it could be. Ju- but it does say winter. It says winter. Yeah, Jubil Jubilberry Jubil Jubilberry 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 Sour Winter Ale with cranberry, ginger, and oats. Sounds more like a, like a, like a. Sounds like a nature bar. Yeah, yeah. We'd take this. We'd eat this before we went hiking. Full of energy. Yeah. Oh, the cranberry definitely coming through. It it's got some cranberryness to it. That's for sure. Oh look, Dolan's got his glass ready. Hey, he knew we were doing a sour, so he's a hundred percent ready. ready. Yeah, he's ready to go. (laughs) Yeah. So Blue Owl Brewing Company is located at 2400 East Cesar Chavez Street in Austin, Texas. 
closed Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday they're open three to ten. Sunday, Friday and I'm sorry, Friday and Saturday noon to ten. Sunday noon to eight um, was opened and uh, is run by Jeff Young and Susie Schaefer down there in Austin. Sounds good. Blue Owl is an all sour brewery. Located in Austin, uh, right off their website, it says, We started Blue Owl to make sour beers approachable, yet still unique. Our souring style, which I hope we get to, I think. We will, yes. Accentuates the beer rather than dominating your taste buds, which can happen with sours. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We aim to produce clean, well-balanced sour beers that retain the characteristics of their style. And this, that's the thing about this that we, I don't know if we'll really get into it too much, but we'll just talk about it real quickly is... They make all the same kind of beers you're used to at a regular brewery. Yeah. They're just sour. They soured all I mean, of there's, them. I mean, there was a sour scotch beer. There was a sour stout. There was multiple sour IPAs. It's not like they're just making a sour beer. They're making mm-hmm. all the beers you like in a sour version, which is something I've never really seen before. I've never been to a brewery like that. No, no. I haven't either. Sounds interesting. I'd like to try a sour IPA. Oh, we, I, well, we can probably get you hooked up on that, that around happen. here. But oh, yeah. A, but sour, like a sour cherry t- stout? Yeah. Or the sour scotch, wee scotch heavy that one? That might be a little weird. That would be, be real weird. super weird. But I want to do it anyway. I, I totally want to try like this. Or like a sour pumpkin beer. You know, like there's... Mm, yes. Like in the, like, mm. I'm guessing they make a fall seasonal that's like that. Yep. Um, quick shout out to this can, because it's different than the other one. Mm-hmm. If you touch it and you look at it real close, it almost looks like fancy Christmas wrapping paper. Yeah. And the pop of red on those cranberries is really cool. So. It does feel different than the other one. Yeah, ones. I mean, just has texture. Oh. It almost looks like a Monster Energy can. Mm-hmm. One of those sorts of deals. Oh. It feels like the fancy wrapping paper that I don't buy. That's the kind my mom buys. Oh, yeah. Okay. The fancy wrapper paper that Sam only buys. Oh, really? I've got like 20 rolls. Because mm. you have to get new wrapping paper. Oh, you every can't year. use the same stuff, dude. No, I agree with her. What? She's on to something. No one remembers that no, 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 from no. year to year. Look, the I wrapper grew, does. No, I grew up using the paper bags from Hy-Vee. Yeah, because yes. you can flip it inside out, and it's just brown wrapping paper. Sure, uh-huh. and you can wrap. You can draw on there. You can do anything you want. I made many a book cover in junior high out of those. Exactly. Sacks. True. That is true. Hmm. All right, let's give this one a shot. So, sour winter ale with cranberry, ginger, and oats. Jubilberry. 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 I'm already hesitant because I smell ginger. Oh. Oh. You do get the ginger, but Mm -hmm. it's good. Way up front, though. Like, normally you get the ginger on the backside. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I like the cranberry. This got a tartness. Mm-hmm. It's not overly sour. It's not overly sour. Which I was expecting it to be sour. That's what I expected. Like cheeks sucking, puckery sour, and it's not. Maybe that's what we're used to. Which though. is okay. I like that second drink better. All right, I'll go in for another one. Yeah, the second one is different. That's the rule, though, with sours, right? I mean, you got to do three times. Yeah. I like the mm. first drink better. Mm. I get more ginger the second time. Yeah, I I'm a ginger freak. I know though. you are, so I figured you'd like it. This isn't what I expected at all. Not that in a bad way. Yeah. It's just different. It almost reminds me of like a Christmas 7-Up. You know mm. what I mean? Like that sort of flavor. Oh, the the Sprite Cranberry. Yeah, or 7-Up mm. makes one, Sprite makes one. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. There's something about like citrus and cranberry mixture that that's just what it reminds me of. It's so ginger forward, though. That Yeah, it is. And maybe the ginger complements the cranberry in a way that it almost maybe yeah. masks it a little bit. Well, I wish I could compliment the ginger, but I cannot. 
I'm not a ginger guy. You know what, though? If I ordered this, if I was at the brewery and I ordered mm-hmm. this, I wouldn't be mad. No, it, I don't think so like, either. It's like nothing we've ever had. I mean, I would, I, I'm going to definitely drink it all, and I would always oh, yeah. drink everything I ever get, but mm-hmm. it's it would be fun to, to see what difference it makes on the tap. It seems pretty carbonated to me, very bubbly. It seems mm-hmm. really carbonated. Which is almost what I think maybe makes me think of a soda pop sort of situation. Maybe. Hmm. The smell is pretty good. It's got a nice red color to it. I like it a lot, actually. It's interesting. Every beer that we've had out of, like out of Texas that Heather mm-hmm. has brought us has been so dramatically different, maybe than the styles or the stuff that we, uh-huh. maybe not we're used to, but then we have access to maybe here, or Colorado, or yeah, you know, well, places like that. I, Texas is a big state, true. You know, and there's all, yeah. and they kind of like to stand out. And all, I would say all the beers we've had from them have stood out in one way or another. Yeah, it's not like you're. I don't know. We're not forgetting too many of those Texas beers we've had. Mm. So the third drink I liked even the best of all three of the drinks, which is weird. I don't know why. It tasted different each and every time. Yeah, it did. Yeah. I would not want this to warm up for me personally. No. I, no. I just don't like sour beers warm anyway, like yeah. room temperature. No. That's scary. Because then you're getting on that acidy sort of stuff. It's It's rough. Look, Colette wants to come in here and, and well, drink beer with us. Guess what? Look at him. No, he can't even get in the door. I know, he right? Have his card. Yep. So sorry, if you don't have your key. You can't come That's in. That's right. Ring the doorbell. How do we know it's who it is? Hey guys, can you let me in? No, we can't. <laughs> this beer's gone anyway. Man, I okay. This is interesting. So, give me an idea. I, 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 let's talk about it. Let's talk about the maybe the souring process first. So you want to talk about that first? Yeah, they they say that they are a sour mash brewery. Which is different than some other things that that we would than we've normally, talked about yeah. before. So there's the traditional style of souring that we're familiar with, which are like, you know, the European beers, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. in a wooden barrel, open to the elements. Yep. Years it takes years for them to mature, and then you're drinking it. You know, so many right. years later. Right. That's the traditional way. Then a couple episodes ago, we talked about kettle souring. So this is kind of a mixture of the two. Hmm. This is a thing, basically what you're doing, and this, I had to do some research because I haven't, this isn't something that's in Nebraska that I know of. Home brewers do this. Okay. Um, but as far as a brewery goes, I don't know that anybody does this this way. So basically what you're doing is you're getting your liquid, your beer, basically to 170 degrees. Okay. Not totally boiling it. It's just like warm, like hot, but like, not to the boil. Like with the mead before, like when we talked yes, about that. Okay. like that. So it's, it's warm enough to like pasteurize it, kill the stuff that's in there, um, but it, it hasn't reached a boil per se. Okay. When it gets to that 170, then they cut off the heat and they cool it down to 120 degrees. And that takes a while, especially if you're doing a huge batch, right? Right. Um, 120 degrees is where it has to get. Okay. So it goes from 170 to 170 120. To 50 degrees, okay. that takes a while. And then they basically dump in their souring agent, which is usually lactic acid or brewers will call it lacto. You'll hear that term okay. quite a bit. And then that sits either for, from what I read, 12 hours to three days. Jeez. And it does its thing. Okay. It just infects everything in the tank. Yep. And then they finish the process. So then they boil. Oh. And then they do the rest, just like a normal beer. So there's just like a little pit stop. Oh. Which is how I'm guessing and why they do that process because you don't have to do anything different to make like, you know, your stout or your scotch beer or your IPA. You're just making it. You just stopped in the middle. Just like 
hit pause. Interesting. Put, Introduce dump your sour. Yep. Your your lacto. Wait a couple days, then finish it like you normally would. Pretend that didn't happen, and then you handle it the way you would handle those other types of beer. Huh. So. I'm guessing that's why they do it that way, and that's how they had all those different kinds. Because what we're used to thinking is fair, not one-dimensional, but like just one kind. There's a sour beer. Here's your sour beer, right? Yep. And they're like, okay, well, here's your sour this kind and that kind and this kind, and that's how you do this. Because you're not able to do that a traditional way. You're not. You can't do that with like a stout. You know, like you would do like right. an old brune or whatever. So right. this is their workaround, and it's popular in home brewery because you can do it like on the stove you can pre make that liquid right okay. you can you can have like a sour starter basically oh, okay and cook it on the stove or whatever and then you can just dump it in you don't really have to wait that time or you don't have to cool it to a certain thing yep um it's basically like a ready-made situation for that smaller batch thing hmm. so that's how they do it and it was a thing that's kind of started getting popular around 2015 what time did these guys open do you know what it didn't say. I couldn't find okay. a, a date that they opened. So it had been done for a long time, especially with homebrew, but it was becoming more... They were trying to like push it to the mainstream a little bit more. And obviously it's not, because it's, this is the first time we've had one of these beers that we know of. And I've never heard of a brewery that does this. So no. um, it must not be that, you know... It's not widely uh, adapted by breweries, but... It is, it is at this place, I guess. Oh, here we go. 2015. So, so right around that same time. Yeah. So yeah. my guess is they were home brewing before mm-hmm. and had tried this and liked it and liked that they could make all these different kinds of beers, still sour, but still have the, you know, profiles and, and ingredients. Because these are all green beers. It's not like mm-hmm. um, they're just making a regular beer. They just stop, you know, three-fourths of the way through, sour it start it back up again and finish it up and which is what they do which is just crazy to think like and that's how they could do it with all of them right with the with the yes. stout that we saw or the wee yep. heavy or whatever I, I yeah i'd have to have someone drive me home from this one because i'd want to try every single one of them yeah well, oh how do you and i don't know i would assume that they would have the same alcohol like abv characteristics as the normal kind of beer here's what's weird i'm glad you mentioned that i'm looking at the can as you're talking this is 7.1 for sour, that is super high. Usually when you think sours, you're thinking like Berliner Weiss. Yeah. Like 4%, 5%. Mm-hmm. Like that's a standard. You're not usually seeing 7, 8. 7, 8, somewhere in there. I mean, I'm guessing that stout, if it, if they made like a like a imperial version or something, like I assume you could get it to a 10 or something like that. Why not? I don't know. I mean, if it really is like you, t- like you say, where they just stop and start. Mm-hmm. Everything else is same, same. Yeah. So why couldn't so, you? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. That would be a question I would like to ask hmm. our brewery friends next time we're going to hmm. visit them. Well, ask them. Yeah, and see, like, what? how do they do it? You know, like, mm-hmm. their Berliner Weiss, because that's one of the things I saw was, this is one of the ways that people make these. That's the main beer that they came up with this process for. Yep. And I wonder if that's how they make, like, qualitiers. Maybe. So we'll, we'll have, have to, to we'll do have some sleuth thing. Yep. I did notice they just, as as I was on their website... Blue Owl is, they just announced their summer beer called Limetastico. Ooh, nice. Limetastico. Which so is, is it a, like a Mexican lager with lime? Yes, it's a yeah. soured Mexican lager with lime. I bet you that's amazing. I mm. bet it is awesome. When it's so hot. It's be like a goza, basically. Yeah. Mm. The more I think about this beer here, the Jubilberry, the more it reminds me of like ginger kombucha. Hmm. A little bit. Yeah, but not as not as not as sour, not tart. as sour or as a kombucha would be. Mm-hmm. But the flavor the the flavor is there 
for me. I honestly thought this would be like like battery acid. Like, and you get that with some of them, and mm-hmm. that's okay. You know, when you're going into it, if that's what you're looking for, yeah. I want that sometimes. I'm glad you said battery acid because oh. we have some kind of related research. So we talked about basically they're souring it with lactic acid, right? Okay. So I did a little, just a couple of short dives in about what lactic acid is and what okay. it's known for. Interesting. Um, have you heard of it before besides beer? Besides beer, um, yes, but I couldn't tell you where. Like when you're working out. And it, oh. it has a lot to do with muscle growth. It's in your muscles. So like when you've damaged your muscles, oh. let's say you've worked out real hard or you moved, right? Mm-hmm. And the next day you wake up and you feel like you've got cement in your legs. That's mm. lactic acid buildup. Oh. That's what that is. So that's one of the places it's found. Um, you can also find it in things like yogurts. Um, some cottage cheeses has lactic acid. It's added on purpose. Interesting. This drink I found called Kumis, K-O-U-M-I-I-S, hmm. which is basically fermented soured horse milk that they drink in um, Central Asia. What? Like in a bottle. And it's like a big popular thing. First of all, horse milk, and then they ferment it. Uh-huh. And then they, yeah, and then it's got this sourness to it, too. All so. right. Um, I'm interested. Uh, I, That's how I, it was discovered, was in sour milk in 1780 okay. by the Swedish chemist. So this was another problem I had with this research today, okay. was it was chemistry heavy. And I basically, well, I passed, but barely. Uh, that was the mm. only chemistry class I took was yeah. intro. So yeah. uh, bear with me on this. But the Swedish chemist's name was Carl Wilhelm Scheele, and that was in 1780. Uh, it was discovered in muscles, like Dolan said, because he's so swole. He knew about it. But <laughs> um, John's Jacob, oh boy, Berzelinus, he discovered that. name too? That's the one in okay. 1808. And then they figured out what the structure of it was, like under a microscope, like what it looked like. Okay. The cell structure and, you know, how they have the picture mm-hmm. of what those things are. Right. Um, that was in 1873 with Johannes Willisinus. So he did that 100 and something years ago. Um, and that was just lactic acid. So what they're using in the brewery, lactobacillus, that's like what makes that thing. That's yep. like the building block of it. And that was discovered by our friend Louis Pasteur. Uh-huh. 1856. Yeah. So that's what brewers are dumping in, making sours, kettle sours it's used, these kind of sours it's used. Um, home brewers use it all the time. And like I said, it's in yogurts and other stuff. It's also responsible for the flavor of sourdough bread. Oh. Because they sour that mm. dough beforehand and then love, they bake it. I love sourdough bread. And you like sour beers. Weird. It's, you must like that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Was there anything else? Oh, it's also used um, in forgery. What? Especially really? for like paper money so it it can eat away ink but not damage the paper it's on Hmm. so you'll they i guess they said they used it in paper uh, money forgery and like maps and other documents so you can just put that on there and it will go away and then you can like change the ink or write over the top of it but it doesn't damage the actual paper that you put the acid on doesn't like eat a hole in it i thought when you said forgery i was thinking like blacksmith forgery Mm. Mm. No, <laughs> not that. I can see where you go with that, though. Yeah. Like, that makes, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So that's what I know about that. So we did a little chemistry lesson there for you. History. Well, so I, I, you had said before that uh, you, had, you had quite a bit of research here. So yeah. I thought, as I went back, I was pleasantly surprised to see not only was there one Blue Owl Brewing yes. beer. She brought us two, and I forgot about this one. Mm. This one's called Little Boss. Sour Session Wheat. 
So, <laughs> right? Okay. As we kind of leave one, one, uh, one time of the year, winter, yeah. we move into wheat beers, and we're getting ready for spring. Yeah, that means I have to slam this. Well, I'm going to open this one. Okay. And we'll do the untapped on the Jubilberry. Okay, good. As as so, so you don't have to slam that one. You can just kind of enjoy it. You can kind of enjoy it a little bit. Cranberry pucker. So 740 uh, check-ins. For this one? For this, for, for the, the Jubal. Okay. Yeah. Must have been the first time they did it, maybe. Yeah. What do you think? Well, here's what I'll say. Okay. 3.5 for me. Hmm? That's what I'm going to personally rank it at. I'm going to guess it's 3.65. Okay. Don't. Uh, the can is a 4.0. The can is, yes, the can's fantastic. The can is my favorite thing. I'm going to go 3.6. Whoa. Wow. I thought he would have liked it more. Oh well, I would have rated it probably uh, four. Well, you can probably right on a four. You can. You can. Oh, right. Yeah, sure. you have you the machine. Yeah, which you should because right, this is one of your new. I, I got to get better. Yep. Right. So three point eight eight is where it mm. clocks in wow. at, and uh, I I can't disagree with that. Three seven five to four somewhere right in there is pretty fair for me. It was way more gingery, different than I thought it was going to be, but not different in a bad way. So. Different in the interest. There was way. a nice push pull between the cranberry and the ginger. Yep. You know, it wasn't neither one was overpowering, and I kind of got different amounts of each each time I drank it, which was fun to do when you're drinking a beer. Mm-hmm. You know, changed every time. So there's got a, me interested. There's a crazy irony here with all of like the trees and like the the kind of the winter scene mm-hmm. here. That's not what winter looks like in Austin. No, mm-hmm. no. they don't have any white. Uh-uh. I don't think. So I'm going to guess this is about their speed when it comes to a winter beer. That's yeah. just enough that it's almost summer, but oh, it's like it a little to... coolness in the air. Yeah, it's yeah. like fall. Yes. Heavy. Exactly. Like there's no, you know, uh, gingerbread stouts being made in Austin, Texas. No, probably. right. No. <laughs> Not like we would have. Not like that. Fairly, yeah, super uh-uh. warmy beers. No. No offense, Austin. I think that's really just where it is. That I mean, that's yeah. I mean, it, that's just how you. That's how you Christmas. That's what you can do. Yeah, when the temperature's warm, that's a good winter beer. Yeah, it's the flavors of winter. You know, because it's Austin, though, everything's weird there. That's what I've heard. True. Kind of the Portland of the South. I've mm-hmm. also heard that. Mm-hmm. So I, who knows what they have there? True. Yeah. So you've been. I have. Have you? Uh. Uh-uh. Same. I Antonio. haven't either. I really enjoyed it. Here's the thing, though. I enjoyed it in, in a three-day time frame. Right. Much more than that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a Vegas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get it, in, get out. And maybe it's my age coming through a little bit. I think maybe Dolan would enjoy a whole week down there. Oh, yeah. Well, I enjoy it. If it's anything like San Antonio, I I enjoyed it a lot. Mm. Yeah. I, I don't know. I would definitely go back, though. Like, I... We were right on the heels of South by Southwest, too. So, yeah. like, a lot of the stuff was, as our conference was ending, South by Southwest was starting. And so, it was just, it made it hard to maneuver. Oh, yeah. You know, kind of, because it's so, that's so big now. That, yeah. Yeah, it made it a little more difficult. Hmm. Maybe. Interesting. So, let's transition from one season into right. another and try this Sour Session Wheat. That is a sour wheat beer. It doesn't... I don't smell anything off the top. It, it's exactly what you thought. Yep. It almost is like a diluted wheat beer to me. Yeah. Like a little watered like, down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then it has a little sourness at the end. Mm-hmm. But isn't... 
I think to like Boulevard wheat. I mean, but it has just... the aftertaste of a wheat beer. Like right now I'm getting that mm-hmm. wheat profile. Yeah. It's really weird. It is strange. That's one of the fun things about sour beers. Because they're just so complex, you know? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Boy, this thing is light in color, though. Oh, it yeah. It is. Very see-through. Almost like... And it's like a dil- like a diluted Pilsner in color. Yeah. I mean, if you... It, you want like a hazy Miller light? That's mm-hmm. kind of what it looks like. Is that common with sessions? Would you say a lighter color than it's? Well, I mean, probably a little bit because you're us- usually using less grain because the alcohol content's lower on mm-hmm. sessions. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a little bit like that. Uh, but I've never had a sour session wheat beer, so I don't know. <laughs> I'm projecting, I guess. And it doesn't list the ABV on here. So as as you start to go, I will. Yeah. Uh, I'll look this up. Well, I thought about. Uh, first of all, full disclaimer, I was blocked from this website, Dolan, oh. here at work. I could not uh, view it. Yeah. We've so, been monitoring, to, monitoring yeah. your internet usage. Yeah, there's a few things we've had to... Uh, yeah, and if that's what you guys found, cool. <laughs> uh, so uh, I had to go roundabout way of uh, researching today, and I was like, Austin, Texas, famous, especially for music, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. That's a big cultural place now. Um, film festivals are there. South by Southwest, you talked about... Every year there's Austin City Limits Festival that's there. Um, Austin City Limits is the longest running music show on TV, which I love. And I try to watch almost every episode if I can. Um, I absolutely love it. This is one of the great things about PBS. So what I did, we've done this before in some cities. I pulled a list of famous people that either are from here or live here currently. And we'll just talk about a few. And then I picked out one specific person. We're going to go real deep with this. Sweet. So this is why I was excited, because that was the first person I thought of. All right. So we start out with probably the most famous, I would say, Lance Armstrong. Oh. From there. Like, he was at his height of his powers. Yeah. Most people knew who that was. Like, he passes the mom test. My mom (laughs) knew who he was, right? Not to be confused with Neil Armstrong. Mm. Different. Different Different Armstrongs. Right. And he, I, Yeah. Different guy. Uh, Sandra Bullock. She's from here or lives here. Actress. Speed, right? Mm. So every year when Sandra Bullock was with Jesse James, they would stop through my hometown of Gillette, Wyoming. And I got to meet her in the Walmart parking lot along with him. Um, I don't know. It was just a yearly thing where they did. They a just have greet. a meet and greet at Walmart. At the Walmart yeah, at the park. Walmart parking lot. What's, I, what's up with Walmart? They threw a barbecue and they had all their trailers out. It's probably because Weird. it's the only place that you can. Uh, but why Gillette? Because it was on its way from. Was where, it from there? Or? No, well, they were coming from the West Coast and they were going to Sturgis. Oh. And so Gillette was just a. Stop. Weird. Maybe they just yeah. let, they stopped there once. They thought, okay, this place is chill. We Interesting. Can, we can yeah. hang out. My That's... mom was a manager at um, Applebee's at the time. She was the kitchen manager, and she got to make um, Sandra Bullock's uh, Weight Watchers meal. <laughs> <laughs> These are the stories I didn't know I needed. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah. Yep. That's yep. good. That's good podcast story. Right. And when right I there. met Jesse James, yeah. I asked. I was like, where's Miss Congeniality? And he was like, oh, one second, just wait right here. I'll, you know, I'll yeah. have her come back out. And mm. she came out and I got to meet her and, and you got said, autographs. Hey, how's that meal? And, 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did say that. <laughs> I was like, "Hey, my mom cooked your meal my at mom. Applebee's," and she was like, "Oh, it was it was good." I don't know. It was Applebee's. I don't know. Right. She was just, you know, it was it was a cool, wow, cool, uh, you know. That's so random. Thing. That is super random. That's like probably the most famous person that's ever been to Gillette, Wyoming. <laughs> probably. <laughs> you think? Um. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Probably. Well, I don't know. There's a lot of traffic because Stur- I mean, I guess Sturgis is only I think two and a half hours. Something well, that's like, like that. Yeah, I don't know. You're almost there at that point. I mean, yeah, just, I don't I know. Yes, you're almost there in like Ogallala. Well, I ninety, I ninety goes through Gillette, so everybody going to Sturgis goes right on I ninety. So, uh, okay, wow, that yeah. was a detour that I didn't know we were making. <laughs> I'm glad we did. I love it. Um, okay, I put this one in because I like him, but you guys won't know him. His name's Ray Benson. He is the lead singer and guitar player for a band called Asleep at the Wheel. They play Texas mm. swing, and they've been making records for about fifty years. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> the Texas Rattlesnake. There you go. You know about him. Yep. Uh, Drew Brees lives in this area. Really? Oh, okay. Gary Clark Jr. is from here. Okay. Guitar, guitar God. Just won some Grammys. Won a Grammy. He beat my friend's band in Best Rock yeah. Performance I, for Grammy this year. Interesting. He won a second one for something else, Yes, he too. did. Uh, singer Sierra. Actor Dabney Coleman. You'll know him from 9 to 5. Yes. Um, Walter Cronkite news reporter i was about to do a walter cronkite it would have been really bad so i'm, I'm not gonna I'm oh, are not you gonna, sure yeah no no okay no 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 um country dudes named joe ely and alejandro escovito actress farrah fawcett that's yeah. right up your alley i'm guessing yes, yeah uh quarterback nick Foles, catcher of the <laughs> philly special oh. philly special yeah. touchdown pass huh. um actor ethan hawk mm. actress amber heard which i heard some dirt about her recently she was, did you hear about that? No. She was married to Johnny Depp. Oh. And they're having a big divorce thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, I did hear about this. And, and yeah. it was because there was some uh, physical violence going on. Oh. And she said it was Johnny Depp that was doing it to her. And she was just caught on tape recently saying that it was her that did it to oh, him, which is what he She been beat him up. Yeah. So it's been oh. a big thing. And then they caught, they just, somebody leaked this audio a couple days ago. So it was a Ooh. game changer. Wow. Uh, director Toby Hooper, you know him? Mm, no. He made Texas Chainsaw Massacre, huh. some other horror movies. Okay. Um, comedian Bill Hicks. Sounds familiar. Stand up guy. He is no longer around, but he was really, he was like the 90s alt comic. He was very good. Okay. Uh, Mike Judge. Know yeah. him? Beavis and Butthead. That's right. Yeah. Also did... Uh, uh, King of the Hill. King of the Hill. Yeah, on the show on HBO right now. Mm. Silicon Valley. Yep, Silicon Valley, yeah. Yeah, did all those. Yeah. Um, this guy was fun. I just wrote down the Lizard Man. <laughs> He's the guy that you think of when they would show like... Um, oddities people oddities oh. it's a guy that like forked his tongue and yeah, he has implants all, over his eyebrows yeah. he looks like a lizard he's yeah. like a circus he's performer. all tattooed up and stuff ridley's yes. believe it or not he was on the cover of that for, there you go yeah and there was a thing like for a while uh back in our day our our heyday yep. with like nine inch nails and they toured with uh, the jim rose circus you remember that at all i remember that they were like yes. opening for the concert and there was like circus freak performers and he was the guy that would be doing that sort of stuff interesting um, President Lyndon Johnson and his wife, Lady Bird, from this area. Okay, yeah. Um, singer Janis Joplin. Ooh. Crazy lunatic Alex Jones. <laughs> InfoWars <laughs> fame. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Uh, quarterback Baker Mayfield. 
Wow. Better known as a commercial. He's done a lot of commercials. That's about the best thing he's got. Give him another year or so. We'll see. See, see. he's one of those quarterbacks, I think, that had he not been a starter right away, he probably, his future would look a little brighter. Maybe. Yeah. But he's also had like five coaches in five years. That's true. All those different coordinators. Yeah. Um, Directors, let's see, Terrence Malick and Richard Linkletter. I heard of both of them. Uh, let's see, musician James McMurdy. He has a couple of good, really good songs. He's a alternative country guy that I like. Some actor named Matthew McConaughey. Mm. Um, tennis stud Andy Riddick. Is that his oh. name? Andy Roddick. Roddick. Yeah. Andy Roddick lives there now. Yep. From Omaha, I think, or Nebraska at some and point. I in time. thought he lived up here for a while. Yeah, but he was um, born there in Austin. Or that's he... where he's at now. I believe. Oh, okay. Hangs okay. out. Um, Robert Rodriguez, director. Yeah, from Dust Till Dawn. Yeah, old Quentin like, Tarantino guy, right? I mean, that's... yes, when they t- teamed up together, yes. and he's the one that did Desperado oh, and man. all those kind of flicks. Yeah. Um, let's see. This guy I know you've heard of, Robert Plant. Simply yeah. irresistible. No. Robert Plant. Led oh, that's Robert Palmer. Palmer yeah, Robert, Robert Plant, Plant. Lived, has a house there. Yeah. So he just Led chills Zeppelin. in Austin. Yeah. Led yeah. Okay. Um, she won an Oscar this last week or so. Renee Zellweger yes. lives down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan Rather's from this area. Oh. Another news guy. You know, he has really kind of reinvented himself in the... For sure. Right? I mean, he, he's somebody that even people like Dolan would maybe know about yeah. on the social networking stuff for news or because he hasn't been a news anchor for like 20 years. For a long time. You know, but he was who I grew up watching. You yeah. Know? And it was fun because you knew he was from Texas. Like I knew that was something I knew I'd seen a documentary about him or something. And they said a lot of major news network people were from the Midwest, especially Texas. Um, and he would say that when he would get tired, you could hear the Texas come out in his voice. Mm. So if it was like a major news event and he'd been on all day, like you could, the twang would come out towards oh, the end of the day. But yeah. We kind of hide it pretty good otherwise. We were a Tom Brokaw family. Well, we would have not, to be, right? Right. I yeah. mean, that's Dan, Dan Rather was CBS. Yes, I he was. And, and, and was, we were more the ABC. And then there was Peter Jennings. Uh, yeah, no. Nobody no. really cared about yeah. him. No. Uh, let's see. Towns Van Zant, another musician. That was almost the name of my son. We almost named him Towns instead of Oscar. It was That was either that one. One or the other. It's a kick-ass name. He had Towns. to come out. We had to see his face. And I was like, uh, mm, he looks like an Oscar, not Oscar. Towns. So that's what we went with. But okay. that was down to that. Um, actor Jared Padlecki. Sounds familiar. Supernatural is a show. Okay. Apparently oh. that's been like on for 50 mm-hmm. years. Hey, which one is he? I don't know. Uh, one of them. One okay. of the guys. He's the guy on the right, I think. <laughs> um, sure. And then... I saved the best for last. Okay. Willie Hugh Nelson. Oh, man. Yes. Wow. That's we're talking about we're Texas, right? It's Texas. Austin, Texas, specifically. Yeah. I'm going to tell you before you get into this. Yeah. I looked it up. 3.8 ABV, 7 IBUs. You could drink these all day. Yep. This is like Texas water, right? Yeah. Here. And that's not a knock on it at all. No. You could drink a ton of this. Yeah. If, if you are used to drinking Bud Light, Miller Light, mm-hmm. Coors Light... Like this is not a this is not a reach at no. all. This is this is like, yeah. The I sourness could drink a ton. of it, it's just enough to be reminding you that you're not drinking something like that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. It's not overpowering. Neither one of these has been like, oh, it's so sour. Right. It's just enough that you notice it. Just just, just a tweak on the style. Oh, it's just good. Man, I, I wonder what it would be like with a lemon. You know, like I mean, a traditional. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. I was just gonna say it's kind of like. Um, you know, your wheat beers are usually paired with something citrus, a mm-hmm. lemon, an orange. Yeah. This is like if it were paired with a lime, maybe. Hmm. 
there's definitely some like summer lime ish yeah. profiles to mm-hmm. it. That's for sure. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. Oh. All right, Willie Nelson. I I gotta tell you, so I never understood. My dad loved Willie Nelson. Yeah. Never understood it. Until right. now, when I got older. Okay. And now I really appreciate him. Well, I, I, Willie Nelson is a part of my life. Okay. And that's that when I saw this on here, I was like, okay, I know what we're going to talk about a little bit. So, my fir- one of my very first musical memories. We talked about one a couple weeks ago with Holland Oats. Holland Oats. That was one of my first times <laughs> I remember putting a record on the record player. The first time I remember listening to the radio was, would have been about 1980, 81. So, I'd have been about three. I was in my grandpa's truck on the farm. We were out giving hay to the cows. And uh, On the Road Again was on yeah. in the radio. Yes. And I remember being outside the truck listening, hearing that. And that's just something that's stuck in my brain. So yep. since I was like three years old, that's something I remember. Um, another thing with Willie Nelson, um, I just like his style. Like as far as musicality goes he's basically a jazz performer he plays jazz guitar like his his idols were Django Reinhardt Mm -hmm. which is like a jazz guitar and banjo player who is amazing by the way and then Jimmy Rogers was like a singing train guy those are like the old 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 country music person right so combination of those two that's who he's liked and that's what he is to, to me um, his guitar and singing is offbeat. Um, it just kind of comes and goes when he wants it to. Yep. It doesn't fit in the box like most things do, uh, especially nowadays with country music, radio-friendly uh, stuff. Yep. He can do any sort of genre, which I like. He, he'll mm. do an album of standards. He'll do an album of originals. He'll do... I have albums of his that he's done jazz, um, blues, Reggae. He had a reggae album that was pretty good. He won a Grammy really? for it. Weird. He just won a Grammy like two weeks ago. Him and his son both won Grammys on the same night. Like that's pretty cool. That's you turn me on to to Lucas Nelson. Yeah, that's some good stuff. So I still have yet to listen to that. I got that link. I, I haven't listened to it yet. Oh yeah, it's, it's good stuff for someone that does not like country music. Like this dude is. He's completely. He's like his dad. He's completely mm-hmm. different. And a fun thing about him is, if you listen to him. And then I'm blanking on his name, but they've got, he's got a, Lucas has a brother that's Willie's, probably, probably his youngest kid. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. I didn't write it down. Um, but they both sound like Willie Nelson did like in the late 50s, early 60s, like before all the smoke and stuff happened. Yep. Micah? Yeah, Micah. Um, they both have bands, but Lucas's is more famous right now. They're, he he made his hay with um, that Star is Born movie, doing all the music for that. So. Yep. Uh, and then he's got his band that toured with Neil Young, which I've seen a few times. You want you want to look up something fun? Mm-hmm. Look up. And I think you turned me on to this. Lucas Nelson singing "Always on My Mind," oh, like yeah. just at a piano in some yeah. bar somewhere. And he has a new song out right now. Um, Lucas Nelson does with Shooter Jennings, and it's "Mamas Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up to Be Cowboys," yes. which you know Willie Nelson did with Waylon Jennings. Mm-hmm. So they're the sons of those guys, and they're singing songs. So that's pretty cool. Oh, man. Um, I've seen Willie Nelson in concert probably eight or nine times. Uh, the last time was two years ago. Wow. 
Um, if he came around again, I'd go see him again. He can't sing very well anymore, but he can still play, man. Holy cow, can he play guitar. So hmm. uh, I just got some like little fun facts about him. and I didn't. I could have went forever. We could have been doing this for two days. Sure. I had to cut it somewhere. So his sister named Bobby is two years older than him, and she's played piano for him ever since he started. So any piano you hear on any of his music is his sister, and she still tours with him to this day, and she's two years older than he is. Huh. So we think he's old. She's two years older. Wow. She's big sis. Um, his nickname when he was a kid was Booger Red. Booger? Booger Red. All right. And because at five years old, he got up in front of the town and he had to read a poem. Yeah. He was so nervous, he picked his nose while he did it so much that his nose bled. So they called him <laughs> Booger Red, which is a great nickname. He wrote his first song at age seven. He performed with Bob Wills and the Texas Playboys around age 10, which they were the inventor of something that's called Texas Swing Music, which is basically what Asleep at the Wheel does now. The guy I said earlier, Ray Benson, he kind of picked up the torch from them. It's basically like big band music in the country music style. Hmm. So the band had like 20 pieces in the band. Wow. And then they would go and just sell out dance halls all over Texas and you know wow. Alabama, places like that. And just play this music that you could dance to, like as couples dance. And that's where he first um, performed. Okay. Uh, before he was famous, he was in the Air Force. Uh, he got kicked out because he had bad back. Mm. So he didn't make it in the Air Force. He was a cotton picker for a while. He made saddles. He did, um, oh, he was a salesman for, he sold Bibles door to door, vacuums, and encyclopedias. Mm. And none of that worked out too great. So, similar things with Johnny Cash. He did those kind of things, too. Sure. Um, his first album came out, I think it was in 1960, I want to say, somewhere in there. And it was called And Then I Wrote. He was known as a songwriter before he was a solo artist. He had uh, written a song called Crazy and sold it to like Patsy Cline for like 10 bucks. He wrote Crazy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really? So on his first album, he wrote, that had his version of Crazy on it. It had his version of a song that was popular called Hello Walls that Farron Young did. And then there was another song called Funny How Time Slips Away. Hmm. So those are three like country music standards that he wrote and were on his first album. And they went nowhere for him. So he was one of those guys that wrote songs. Kind of, they still do this in Nashville. Other people write songs and make big money on those songs, right? And then their money comes from the like writing the songs, songwriting credits and that sort of stuff. Yep. So he was making like 50 bucks a week as a songwriter for this publishing company. Okay. Which isn't, wasn't enough to pay for much. No. Um, let's see. What else did he do? Oh, um, he wrote On the Road Again mm. in an airplane. He was with a, uh, uh, what's his name? Oh, boy. I'm going to get it wrong. Uh, Sidney Pollack, a movie director and actor. Oh, okay. He was hanging out with him, and he wrote that song on the you know, like on a private flight with that guy. Where? Um, okay. His guitar is named Trigger. I think I knew this, yeah. And that version of that guitar is a 19, I wrote this down for Dolan, a 1969 Martin N20. Um, it's notable for that guitar as it does not have a pick guard. It's meant for finger picking. Well, he plays with a pick. So after almost 60 years of playing with a pick, there's a huge hole in his guitar. <laughs> and every year he takes it to this guitar shop in Austin and has it like fixed up, um, maintained, you know, fix the bridge and strings and all that sort of stuff. Sure. Uh, but the hole is still there and it gets bigger and bigger as it goes. Um, his guitar is famous because it's autographed by lots of people. So like hmm. Hank Williams' signatures on it, Waylon's is on there, Merle Haggard, anybody that's anybody 
not necessarily musicians, but famous people too, sure. have signed his guitar. So if you ever get a, if you see a picture of it, zoom in and you'll see a bunch of signatures all over this thing. Cool. So he loves his guitar so much and he uses it every show and every record. Uh, in the 80s, when he didn't pay his taxes, the IRS was coming. They mm-hmm. needed their money. <laughs> I remember this. He hid the guitar, gave it to his, uh, I think it was his manager. Okay. And then he gave it to one of Willie's daughters and he said, hey, get this to our house. And they had a house in Maui. He's like, get it to me here to protect it because they were coming to Texas to mm, seize everything. To seize whatever, yeah. So he had to like sneak his guitar out of, of the United States proper to get to Hawaii Man. so that they couldn't get it. And then after he paid his debt off two years later, then he brought it back out and brought it back to Texas. Fantastic. But that seems, I was reading that and I was like, that would have been so sad had they taken that away. Oh, yeah. Like that's synonymous with Willie, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, and just by the way, as an FYI, the album that he put out, he made a deal with the IRS and he, he had to make two records, and he said, well, how about just a double record? And I said, okay. So it's called Who Will Buy My Memories, the IRS tapes, and it's super <laughs> lo-fi and has some of the best Willie Nelson songs on it. Some heartbreakers. Oh, I love it. Especially the second album of the two. Perfect. Huh. Really good stuff. All right. Uh, in the 1960s, he started studying Kung Fu. There was a TV show on back then, late 60s, called Kung Fu. Kung Fu, David yeah. David Carradine, uh-huh. I think. Uh, and he was had always been um, excited about martial arts ever since reading Batman and Superman comics. Because huh. at the back, they had these like little catalogs you could buy and learn martial arts through the mail. Yes. And his grandparents raised him and his sisters, and they learned how to play music through the mail, like subscription uh, thing through Chicago. Hmm. His grandparents were very uh, musical too. And since he had seen that, sort of thing happened in his life. He's like, okay, so that's how he kind of started with martial arts. So he did that in the 60s. And then in the 80s, he started doing um, Taekwondo, which I guess was pretty popular in the 80s. Okay. And then in the 90s, he switched to this other one. I wrote it down because I'd, I'd never heard of it before. called Gong Kwan Yusul. G-O-N-G-K-W-O-N-Y-U-S-U-L. And he's been doing that ever since. And in 2014, he got his fifth degree black belt in this martial art. Really? So you would never think to know that. Huh. Another thing about him that's awesome is he's a huge wildlife person and uh, has a 700 acre farm or ranch, I guess you'd call it in Texas. And it has 70 to 100 wild horses that he's rescued uh, that just live on it and can do whatever they want. Because uh, down in Texas, there are places that are, still have wild horses. Sure. And the government is trying to, like, basically crowl them up and get rid of them. So right. he saves those horses, and they're on his ranch, and they just Seven, do whatever. 700 acres. That's a lot. It is, but not really. It sounds like a lot to us, but yeah. out in western Nebraska, there's there's ranches that are thousands and thousands of acres. Yeah. So Okay. All right. Like, Ted Turner's ranch is, like, 25,000 acres or something crazy. He's like, he owns half of South Dakota. Um, so that's not that much, but it does mm-hmm. sound like a lot. Uh, what else did I want to write? Oh, he basically started Farm Aid in 1985 yes. with John Cougar and Neil Young. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the first one. may have been in Lincoln, Nebraska. The yeah. concert was at uh, Memorial Stadium, and it was on TV. I remember watching it. Hmm. So that was pretty sweet. I remember when that came out. I remember my dad watching it. Yeah. So and it was weird because he didn't watch a ton of TV, and he watched that. Yeah, it was a big... It was one of the first, like... It's kind of like Live Aid, where it was all satellite shot in, so everybody across the United States could get it in real time, and there was yep. 15 acts on and played concert, basically, to raise money. Hmm. He's made it into the Country Hall of Fame, the Songwriting Hall of Fame. 2011, he made it into the like 
agricultural hall of fame just because of he still does farm like every year he does farm aid hmm. a different town or city or whatever with different people um but he's raised so much money for small farmers that he's in the hall of fame for agriculture now too wow so that's pretty cool is there anything else oh um there's a kind of like a i don't know what would you call it uh not a wives tale or a rumor but like an urban legend that he got busted smoking weed on the white house roof <laughs> That's a pretty cool story if it's true. It is true. It is true. It is true. He went to hang out with Jimmy Carter, who was from Georgia. Yes. And uh, Jimmy Carter's son said, there's a door over here. Hey, we let's... can get up to the roof. All right. So they did, and they got busted smoking smoking a joint. Get out of here. Roof, yeah. With Jimmy Carter's kid. Yep. And That's Billy a... was just down drinking beer in the yeah. in the basement. doing his Yeah, Billy beer. Weird. Yeah, so yeah, that's a Willie Nelson thing that's real. Um he smoked three packs of cigarettes a day. Yeah. That's a lot of on, smoking. On top of the other stuff he smokes. And he was getting bronchitis and pneumonia all the time. And they're like, you got to quit one or the other. And he was like, all right, I quit cigarettes. So he just right. cold turkey cigarette, three packs of cigarettes a day. Wow. Now he has his own strains of things and edibles. And cause he doesn't smoke anything anymore because his lungs are so bad. Yeah. So he's only an inedible. He's an edible intaker now. Oh. And he has his own strain of those and different things like that. Willie gummies. Basically, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he's uh, he's around, and one of my other favorite things about him is his channel on satellite radio. It's called Willie's Roadhouse, mm-hmm. and it's the only place you can hear like old school country music from the twenties to about the seventies, even early eighties, covered in there. And I listen to it every day on the way to work. That's the station you listen to. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. So if I rolled up to you at a stoplight and you said, "Hey," and you rolled the window down, and I rolled my window down, uh-huh. you'd be hearing songs from like 1942 coming rolling through my car. Country 1940s. Yeah. Be like little Jimmy Dickens or Jimmy Rogers or um, Farron Young or yeah, be anybody like that. That's so, super interesting. Yeah. So that's my my Willie stuff. Oh, and my other personal Willie Nelson story. Um, the only time I've ever been in Rolling Stone magazine was. A Willie Nelson cover. You were in Rolling Stone magazine. Yeah, I wrote a wrote a email to the editor. Yeah. After I read our story about Willie Nelson and his pictures on the cover, and my story got into oh. Rolling Stone. So that's nice. what I got. So oh, I, I love me some Willie. I like everything he stands for. He's doesn't really want to conform to anything. Um, he likes charity, likes family, uh, likes art and music, and pushing boundaries. And he likes to work. He never stops. He never stops. Like he he's could. still touring and stuff. He, like yeah, he's, he's touring right now. Yeah, he could stop, but he don't, and that's what I like. Hmm. And he lives in. He's got one place in Austin every year around Fourth of July. They have a big picnic and party down there. I'll always remember because, like again, my dad was a big Willie Nelson fan. Uh, do you remember his movie? Do you remember the movie in the early Honeysuckle movie? Rose? Yeah, we yeah. had that poster on the wall. Growing up. Honeysuckle Rose is the name of his tour bus, 1980. Uh-huh. And now they're on the Honeysuckle Rose 6. It <laughs> runs on biodiesel. Um, so it's like green as possible for this big bus. They're calling us right now. Yeah, that's it. Right there. And uh, the first movie he was ever in was like in 1979. And it went pretty good. So then he mm-hmm. got to make his own movie. He got to do Honeysuckle Rose. Yep. Hmm. Dolan, how, how do you feel? As a musician, how do you feel? About Willie Nelson. About Willie Nelson. Yeah. Um, my dad was a huge fan of Willie Nelson. Um, I've heard his music um, growing up. Have I really paid attention to it? Do I listen to Willie Nelson just on a random day? No, I don't. Uh, it's kind of one of those, like I tell people about Jimi Hendrix, it's a respect thing, but it's not on my playlist. Hmm. Hmm. I could see that, though. 
Well, that's why you have multiple playlists. Hmm. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So just for you, Dolan, he's got 67 studio albums. Wow. Um, that doesn't count the numerous greatest hits and all that sort of stuff they put out. 67. And one of his albums, the first one I got was called Stardust, and it was like a standards album. So like 10 Pan Alley songs, that songs were 40 years old already when mm-hmm. he recorded them. was on the charts from 1978 to 1988. It was like 542 weeks straight. It was on the tra- billboard charts, which we're talking like Pink Floyd level. That's like Dark charts. Side of the Moon level, yeah. Yeah, wow. so not Holy too bad cow. for country record that was no jazzy standard covers basically huh so I, w- I would never have guessed that. i wouldn't have known he's that. like a he's like a stylistic chameleon as far as music goes and that's one of the things i like about him every album is different you think he's gonna do he'll do a country rock album and then he'll do a jazz album and then he'll do a covers album and then he'll do like uh he'll find a he'll do an album with his two sons and then he'll do something mm. he just always is doing something what was the name of his son's band that, what was that? Promise of the Real? Is that, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Don't, I think that's, if you want to get your, like a real introduction, go listen to Lucas Nelson first. Yeah. Because then it, it, and that's listening, it's like it's listening to his dad. It's, but in his own way. Yeah. In his own way. And it's, it's, it's different. It's different than anything I'd really ever heard before. They have a really, him and Lucas have a very good cover version of Just Breathe by Pearl Jam. Oh, yeah. Have you seen that or heard that? Yeah. That one's really good, too. Willie's cover of the, um, the Coldplay song that they used in... Scientist. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. Lord, that's good. Yep. He's, he's a really good song interpreter as well as someone that's written, you know, thousands of songs and, and had hit songs of i think almost 300 of his songs have been covered and made hits bigger hits than he had so yep i don't know it's pretty cool yeah. i just love them that's super cool yeah that we got from blue owl brewing, brewing company we got to yeah. willie nelson mm-hmm. the red-headed uh, stranger huh that's one of his nicknames not dolan. you oh what was the other stranger booger booger, booger red. red booger red that's what Dolan's new nickname is, at least for the next week. <laughs> Booger Red. <laughs> Booger Red. Yep. Hey, Booger Red. <laughs> well, oh, I like that man. beer very much. What do we say in that one? Yes. Yeah. So, we rank that? this one, 8,306 check-ins. Way more check-ins. Way more. Ten times. Yep. What do you What do you think we're at here? Um, 3.4. I'm going to say 3.77. 3.61. Hmm. Pretty standard. Which one did you like the best um, of the two? You know, as much as I would normally say the sour, the like the like the winter the jewelberry, one, yeah, yeah, I, I like the little boss. I like the the sour session wheat hmm. better. It was the jewelberry for me? That was my you know what surprisingly favorite. it was for me too. Even really? though I don't like ginger, it was just it was more interesting. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like every time I drink it, it was different. This one it was the, the flavor didn't change for me on that second one. Hmm. I could drink this one way more easily. Yes. But if I'm just sitting at the bar and I'm getting a draft, that's probably what I would get. This, this the yeah. Jubilberry, yeah. yeah. As my friend Scott Strain likes to say, crushable. In every conversation yep. we have, oh yeah, it comes up at least one time, <laughs> crushable, and that's that's what this yep. the little boss is. I would here. like to put some fruit in that and see what happens. Oh yeah, a slice of lime or lemon and see what what yep. what that does. Hmm. All right. Well, Heather, thank you. I think you've got a uh, a grocery list coming up, or if not, yeah. I will email you a grocery list of some other beers from these guys. Yeah. Uh, I definitely want to try some of the other styles that they yeah, sour. I wanna, yeah, I want to sour. I want to try that. We heavy, man. Yeah, weird. Sour IPA. 
Well, they had a double oh. hazy sour IPA. Super strange. What? I never even heard of that. Dry hopped weirdness yeah. with the with, oh, sour. Did they have a brute? A sour brute? They had a sour brute as Come well. Come on, Dolan. Sour brutes. Which is super <laughs> strange. Like, what does that taste like? Never heard like? of it. They, no. that, that might just be a made up term. I don't even know. Can you make that? I don't know. I don't know. There's only one way to find out. Let's get to Texas. Or Heather could just give us some too. Or I mean, well, that, that would be easier for us. That's true. So... All right, fun a couple uh, episodes here coming up. If you haven't subscribed or liked the podcast, please do so. Uh, these come out every Wednesday, somewhere around what do you say, seven o'clock usually? Yeah, yeah, usually. That's, Whatever. It's 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 on an optimized basis, so anywhere from whenever six Dolan to gets eight. around to it. Whenever he pushes the button, <laughs> yeah, and it goes to the interwebs. Well, right. whenever John gets to there, it, we go. Right. Yes. So, uh, to so like and subscribe. Uh, fun music themed and baseball themed beers coming up over the next few weeks. I mean, this was music themed today, and it wasn't even. It you know what even, I mean? Right. So just wait until we get to that. If, oh my goodness! If you have, if you have, we've talked about Pink Floyd a few times. I am so excited for this. We have two Pink Floyd beers. Oh my gosh! Named after Pink Floyd songs. It's not like made. Yeah. But mm. we're just uh, we're gonna nerd out on Pink Floyd <sighs> beers. Uh, I don't even know if we'll be able to work after that. Maybe not. We might be in the spirit world. <laughs> They're big bombers. So we're... Nice. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Dark side of the moon, baby. Mm. All right. We're not going anywhere for a while. Let's have another beer. Thank you for listening to A Beer with Atlas. Special thanks to our brand team for producing the show. Each episode of A Beer with Atlas is powered by Atlas Medstaff, an industry leader in travel healthcare staffing.